before service, you might have seen me get my cell phone out. The Lord brought this verse to me. He said, I want you to give this verse. It's an old school. You might know it. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me besides peaceful streams. He renews my strength. Woo! He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. They protect me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. Lord, we honor you today, Lord. We honor you today, Lord. Come on, we're going to sing that again. We're going to sing a hallelujah. Ready? Come on. I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm. Come on. Louder and louder. You're going to hear my praises roll. Come on, sing. It's that verse we read. That's right. Death is defeated. The king is alive. Even when I walk to the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the comfort of your word. Thank you, Lord, that we get to come into this place, Lord, and worship your name, Lord. And it doesn't matter what happens out there, Lord, knowing, Lord, that we come in here, Lord, for this time of solace with you. Lord, bring peace upon us today, Lord, as we sing. Reign over us today, Lord, as we bring glory to your name, Lord, with our worship and with your word, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Jesus. Sing this out. See him there, the great I am, a crown of thorns upon his head, the Father's heart. Displayed for us, oh God, we thank you for the cross. Lifted up on Calvary's hill, we curse your name, and even still, you bore our shame. And paid the cost, oh God, we thank you for the cross. Thank you with your worship today, sing it. 
Jesus, you will reign forever. Come on, sing it. The victory is yours. We sing your praise. Come on. Endless hallelujahs to your holy name. Jesus, you will reign forevermore. The victory is Thank you, Lord, for your victory. Thank you, Lord, that we get to be here today together to sing about your victory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this wonderful time, Lord, with my brothers and my sisters. Lord, this time of worship have done. We're so grateful, Lord. We come before you today, Lord, with some broken. Lord, we pray for those, Lord, that are experiencing loss today, Lord, that are struggling just to get in the doors, Lord, to sing endless hallelujahs to your name. We celebrate those, Lord, still. But those coming in with victories, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the victories that you continue to give us. Heavenly Father, we pray over um, the landscape of our community, Lord. There's so much hurting, but in so many areas, so much divisiveness. Lord, but one thing that brings us together, Lord, that has always brought us together, Lord, uh, 2,000 years ago, Lord, when your blood ran down the cross. And that's what brings us together here today. We pray that it continues to do that today, Heavenly Father, with our time of worship, Lord. So, Heavenly Father, be with us now, Lord, and we thank you for our time, for you, our time here together, Lord, and the ability to be here with you, Heavenly Father. Jesus, behold the Lamb, the story of redemption written on your hands. Thank you, Lord, for that wonderful and beautiful message, Lord. We are so grateful for the message of the cross, Lord. We breathe in your grace, Lord, and breathe out your praise today, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. Give him praise this morning, church, amen. Give him praise because he's all deserving of it. Amen. God is good. Hey, church, we want to welcome you into the house of God this morning. And why don't we welcome one another this morning with just a short time of greeting, amen. Good morning. Here we go. How's everybody doing? 
Doing all right? Amen. Wonderful time of worship this morning. We want to thank uh, our worship team. Why don't we celebrate our worship team? Amen. Our worship team. And by worship team, by the way, I don't just mean the guys up here on the stage. I also mean uh, the guys and girls uh, up in the back. I mean, those guys, don't they just do an awesome job? Our sound crew and AV team, right? We want to thank them all the time and uh, show all our volunteers uh, how much we appreciate everything Absolutely. they do. Amen. Amen. Church, my name is Michael Romero. I'm your worship and arts pastor here at New Beginnings. And I'm AJ Kelly. I'm also your worship leader here at New Beginnings. Man, hey, hey church, we just want to catch you up on a couple of things before we turn the pulpit over to our speaker today. Um, uh, so we just want to get you caught up on a couple of things. Uh, man, this weekend was just amazing. We want to we want to thank our all our volunteers on what happened. Our sisterhood, our sisterhood was a great success. Of course, always we want to continue to, Amen, Amen. Give it up for sisterhood, man, man. You, the ladies, women of the Church of God. And you ladies just always knock it out. But for some reason, they never leave us any leftovers, AJ. Amen. Yeah, that's right. I think the husbands have something to do with that. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Sister Tressa, it's all your fault. It's all your fault. (laughs) Hey, church, uh, a couple of things going on in the immediate. uh, Going on uh, this Friday, I want to remind you that this coming Friday, um, I just want you to make sure. We've been talking about it for a couple of weeks. Our food distribution, our monthly food distribution. This is where... Uh, we hold uh, our food distribution where we distribute over 12, 15,000 pounds of food to this hurting community. And, and this, this, why we talk about it so much is because, number one, it's a big event, right? That we, A, we want you to save the date for two reasons. One, if you in, are in need. Two, do you need, do you have somebody in need? Or three, can you help? Right, so those save the dates. Those are the reasons why we talk about this one specifically. Can you help? Do you need, or do you know somebody who's in need? And so, if you can help, we would really appreciate the help because it's a lot of work. Right, we have pallets of food literally lined up outside, along with the cars and people. And so, we need as much help as we can. So, if you can, you can just show up to the office by ten o'clock and check in at the front office, and they'll tell you exactly where to go. Um, and who to check in with. And, I mean, we even have coffee for you guys. I mean, I, I promise. You know, church events without coffee aren't church events. That's right. right? <laughs> so coffee, we, right? So we really like to spoil you guys as much as we possibly can. So please try to make it. Definitely. And, a, and another thing that we're doing, we do this uh, quarterly as well. Uh, parents' night out. Parents, if you need a break from the kids, if you want to have some time just to yourselves, you and your spouse, you guys want to have a date night, or maybe you just need some peace and quiet in your house for a couple hours, a few hours, uh, Newbie Kids is hosting Parents' Night Out uh, this coming Saturday, March 11th. And so save the dates for all of these things, right? And so men's breakfast, also coming up Saturday, this uh, a week from yesterday, is going to be the men's breakfast. So a great time of fellowship for the fellows. We just want to remind you also to save the date for the men's breakfast that's going to be uh now that i can guarantee you there are no no leftovers that i can guarantee that's right zero left now i'm talking zero pastor mike knows this is a black hole right here so (laughs) leftovers okay so man of god bring somebody with you will you man of god invite another invite a young man that you're mentoring in your life invite invite your neighbor uh 
Pastor Richard talks about the story all the time. It was his neighbor that brought him to the Lord just because That's it right. was his, the neighborly thing to do and invite him to a church event, invite him and in, in, introduce him to the Lord. You never know. Invite another man, a young man. Invite somebody with you to the men's events, to the, these ladies' events. Invite them to these times of fellowship. They're very, very important. Definitely. It could be the first time they experience Christ themselves. That's right. Another thing that we're doing, church, next Sunday, we're doing our child dedications. This is something we do every month, once a month. Um, it's a very important time for you parents to make that commitment to bring your child up in the ways of the Lord so that Amen. one day they can uh, make that salvation call themselves. That's right. And so what you're doing is essentially as parents, we're saying, we used to call it uh, baptizing, mm -hmm. right, when we were a lot younger. Uh, but, you know, in with the Church of God and our faith, we, we call it dedication. And what we're doing is we're, it's really a work unto us as parents saying we're going to devote ourselves to raise and rear our children in a Christian household. And if that's what you want to dedicate yourself to do along with your child, we encourage you to sign up uh, for these two events for Parents Night Out and for child dedications. You can sign up on our app or online. We ask you to please sign up because we like to be prepared as much as possible. So if you will please sign up in advance for those two, most especially um, Parents Night Out because the kids love their snacks. And so we like to provide as, as the snacks necessary uh, that we need for that. And then guess what, man? I got some really bad news. Oh, what's this one? Next uh, Sunday's the time change thing where you get to wake up not as late as you want again. It's yeah. it's that the fall back asleep or what is it the, again? You you yeah. lose yeah. the spring forward where you don't really like to spring nope. forward at that time in the morning. That's gonna be next Sunday. So just news for you guys, uh, in case just so you know, um, for those of you that still have the alarm clocks next to you, that your cell phone doesn't change automatically. Nobody. No. Okay. Good. Good. Then I expect everybody on time next Sunday. Okay? Everybody on time. Nobody early or late next Sunday. And make sure you put an extra <laughs> shot of espresso right next to your nightstand yeah. as well. So that's next Sunday. Just a gentle reminder because why not? If it ruined my day, I'm going to ruin your day. <laughs> so church, we want to thank you for that. And those are just some of the uh, upcoming events that we have. Uh, always stay up to date by checking our app and staying up to date with uh, NBCABQ.com for the, all of the upcoming events. Uh, and then church, there's a QR code that's popping up right behind me and on your screen at home. And you can always check in with us there. You can, you can register. You can uh, register to uh, dedicate your child. You can register for even baptism for next month. Uh, or maybe you just have a question for the front office. Maybe you just have a general inquiry. Um, maybe today is your first time here. And if it is your first time here, we would love for you to scan that QR code and we would love to connect with you personally. One of our pastors would love to connect with you personally and just welcome you. And uh, But man, that's a great way to connect. And another way to do that, uh, another way with that QR code is to give. And we also want to remind you to continue your faithful and faithful obedience of giving. And we want to thank you for that all the time, for your obedience and your faithfulness in that. And if you have not done so yet, you can do that by clicking on one of those links and also the giving and tithing boxes in and around this sanctuary. Also, our texting application, our giving app, um, online, 
we have recruits, we have Western Union, we have whatever it is you need, amen, whatever it takes, church, but we got to keep the work of the Lord going, amen, and we want to thank you for that, because without that, we couldn't do the 15,000 pounds of food, we couldn't do any of this that we do, amen, so let's celebrate what you and I do, because that's what we do, when every time we give, it's because we are trying to change this community, so with that, we thank you so much, amen, thank you so much for that. So, church, we, we want to welcome just one more, one more thing before we turn over the, the platform. Uh, we have a special guest today. Uh, he just wants to take a couple of minutes. You guys know, uh, Brother Dennis, why don't you make your way up here? I want to introduce Dennis Cole. Dennis, Dennis Cole, uh, he's a partner of our, our ministry, partner of ours. He's a friend of ours. He's a friend of ours, Brother Tennis, and uh, he, he's partnered with us many, many times, and he's here. Tell us why you're here, Brother Dennis. Thank you, yes, Brother Michael. Course. What a wonderful pastor you've got here, Pastor Michael. Uh, no, no doubt. I've known him a long time. Yeah, I'm here because uh, Pastor Richard is a, is a saint, and uh, he, he's endorsed my book. It's called uh, my book. I shouldn't say our book. God gave me this book. It's called The Man. It's, you know the Emmaus Road story? In the Bible, Luke 24, Jesus, on the first day of the week, he told everybody he was going to rise from the dead, but they, they, they forgot or they got so discouraged, they got so scared, the hate was on Jesus was so bad, they were scared and their faith was weak. And it's Cleopas and his partner, and Jesus shows up, but they don't know who he is. He has a different appearance. In the Emmaus Road story, he, he reveals who he is. They find out after they get to know him again, rediscover him again, in a way they never did before. This book is the Emmaus Road story in 2023. There's a guy called The Man. The media gets a hold of him. They call him The Man. They don't even know who he is because he shows up as a different person every time, but he's the same person. He just looks different. He's the black man. He's a Mexican man. He's, he, he, he's a lifeguard at, at, at taking a desperate woman out of the Michigan, Lake Michigan who's about trying to kill herself. The, the subtitle of the book is When Hope is All We Have. It's the man showing up today and people rediscovering him. There's this two atheist agnostic people, Joe Daly and his wife Marilyn. They don't know anything. They don't believe in anything. And they do an investigation. And Joe begins to change just from the investigation. And he meets ten of the thousands of people that the man has reached. And Joe reaches them and his wife. And they bring him together. And they talk. And a lot of the unpacking in the book is exactly the events that you're living with today. Lawlessness around the world. And, and, and I love that song we sang about victory. It, this book really shows the victory that does not require success. <laughs> you don't have to have success. We have victory. You meet the Lord and you process your life that way. Thank you so much for uh, considering this. I got it in the back. It's $25 a book. If you buy five books, you, in effect, get one at no charge. Uh, we're encouraging people to read this. I'm not a famous man, but I think the message is more than famous. It's really important. It's rediscovering Jesus as he is today in the world we live in as it is today. The victory that doesn't require success. It is victory when we rediscover Jesus. I'll be back there. Um, yeah, $25 a book, $5 uh, $5 off if you buy five. There's a lot of people that are, that are giving these away, and I'll show you how to do that. God bless you, and thank you so very, very much. Bye-bye.
Well, good morning, New Beginnings Church. How are we doing today? We awake this morning. We are alive. Look at you guys, man. Man, I love being here. It's such an honor, such a privilege to be able to um, be here every morning. Like, like Dennis said, man, that song of victory was fantastic. Just worshiping with the New Beginnings crew every week just has a way of brightening up my life, and I'm sure uh, there's many of us who agree. And uh, church, I was, I was supposed to preach last week also. Uh, but I was out of town doing some travels, and uh, I was hanging out with a bunch of youth pastors from all across the Church of God, and we were getting together to just kind of talk about what the Lord's doing in our youth groups, how we could keep, you know, moving forward. It's a fantastic time. And one thing I realized when I was hanging out with other youth ministers was our church is a little unique. <laughs> Ours is really, really great. And I, and I realized more than anything, I'm so honored to be at a church in which we have a pastor who leads with such generosity. I'm so honored to have a pastor who allows us, who allows himself to share this platform. And so for that, I want to say thank you, New Beginnings Church. Thank you, Pastor Richard, for doing what you do, being as, as amazing as you are. And man, I'm so excited to be back because I missed you guys. It's like you miss one week and you feel like you missed everything, you know? Uh, but in case we haven't met yet, church, my name is David Sanchez. I'm the youth minister here at New Beginnings Church, and I'm always hanging out with y'all's youth, uh, 6th grade through 12th grade, and man, I love y'all's kids. Your kids are amazing. And uh, today we're going to be starting a new series talking about the power of God's mercy. The power of God's mercy. And specifically, we're talking about how God's mercy outweighs our failures. And this is such an important topic for us to discuss because you know, we, we like thinking, uh, thinking about who we used to be before Christ, right? All the bad stuff that we did. But sometimes we forget that the journey to follow Christ is an ongoing one, right? And sometimes that, uh, the progression to Christ-likeness is not linear, right? And we slip up and we mess up, and we have to know how to bounce back from it, right? We can't be easily discouraged as we continue following Jesus. And so we need to learn to rely on God's mercy because God's mercy truly outweighs our failures. And so today we'll be talking specifically about the story of Peter. I'm sure this is one that you've, uh, many of us have heard before, right? Peter, you know, is a disciple of Christ and towards the end of, his, of the Gospels, he ends up denying Christ three times. And so we're going to be talking about this story and looking at how God redeems Peter and does some amazing things through him, even in the midst of his failure. But before we go any further, church, let's pray. Father God, we come before you, Lord, grateful and excited to dive into your word, grateful to see what treasures you've hidden for us here in your scripture, God. I pray a blessing over this time of fellowship we have, over this time of diving into your word. I pray this blessing over everybody in person, watching in line or streaming this later on, God. I pray that you be with us. I pray that you guide us, and I pray that your name be magnified. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. So picture this. One day you're out there fishing on, a, uh, fishing on the shore of a big lake, Right? The year is like 32 AD. You're not casting and reeling something back. No, you're throwing a big net out. And you have to drag this heavy, heavy net back onto shore every single time that you want to, you know, gather your fish. And you've been doing this your whole life, with the exception, of course, of your childhood. Because you see, picture this. You are an Israelite 
living in Israel around the time of Jesus and how it worked back then was you would go to school and you would memorize the book of Moses, the first five books of the Bible, right? And a fisherman like Peter, he would have likely just kind of watched as the brighter peers rose to the surface and moved on to secondary education. In that time, many people, many students who, did, who were not bright enough to continue their education would then give up or finish off their school around the age of 13. Then they would go and work with their dads, right? And so you're there, you're fishing, and you're just doing that. And one of the things that, that likely Peter had in mind was the fact that this was just what life was. Because in this time, in this society, there's not much room to keep moving up after that education. Peter understood that more than likely he was going to spend the rest of his days just fishing until he had kids and then later on died. And then his kids would likely become fishermen too and for generations on and onward. And fishermen, they were like at the bottom of the barrel of the, of the caste system or I guess of the socioeconomic ladder. They were towards the bottom of that totem pole. It wasn't a life of luxury. There was no fancy clothes. There was no constant travels and journeys. It was just, you're there by the water, by that smelly old Sea of Galilee, fishing. And then one day, a rabbi comes up to you. You see, working with a rabbi was something that was rare at the time because it was not, not even the people who went to secondary education, uh, not even all of them got to follow a rabbi. After that, only sometimes a rabbi would come up and then say, follow me. And you're there fishing, just like you do every single day. And then a rabbi walks up to you and says, follow me. We all know the story. Peter, without hesitation, goes and follows Jesus, right? Just think about all the amazing things that took place during this time. I mean, blind people were able to see. Deaf people were able to hear. Paralyzed people were were dancing with joy, praising God. Literally, the dead were raised. And then three years into this ministry, your rabbi gets arrested. And then that same night, you betray him exactly in the way he said you you would. And you feel like you've wasted your only opportunity to get out. You've betrayed the only guy that that gave you a way to look for a brighter future. What do you do next, right? Peter was in a tough spot. And, and the reason I say the story like this is because we've all been Peter at some point, right? We've all understood the amazing things that God has done for us. We've all seen, I mean, even here at church, we've seen some miracles, right? We've seen some amazing things. We've seen stories of restoration. But sometimes we, just like Peter, end up feeling like we, like we missed our shot like we dropped the ball. But this story in the Bible is not in here to discourage us, but rather to encourage us, right? And so we can look at the scripture and see things that we can learn. There's many things we can learn from Peter's failures. Number one is our tendency to overestimate our strength. In Matthew 26, verses 31 through 35, it says, On the way, Jesus told them, Tonight you will desert me, for the scriptures say, God will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But I have been raised from the dead, and I will go ahead of you to Galilee and meet you. And Peter declared, Even if everyone deserts you, I will never desert you. Oh, Peter. Come on, we know how this story ends. 
Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, Peter, this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times that you even know me. No, Peter insisted, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all the other disciples vowed the same. You see, they thought so much about themselves. They thought that they could do they thought that they could do things contrary to Jesus' word. They overestimated their strength. And I know we have the same tendency sometimes, church. I'm, I'm living proof of it, man. I, I always think about the fact that I probably lived most of my life being too heavenly minded to be any earthly good. Are you with me, church? It's like I w- my faith was childlike, but my life was still childish, you know? We overestimate ourselves. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, it says, If you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. Another translation says, Therefore, let, let the one who thinks he stands watch out, so that way he does not fall. Sometimes when we're doing really well, we think, Oh, this is always how it is. This is always how it's going to be. We overestimate our strength, and that's when we set ourselves up for these failures. And number two, we fear disapproval of others. We feel, we fear disapproval of others. In Matthew 26, 25, it paints the scene, or in 26, 58, it, it paints the scene for us. Peter was following Jesus, who just got arrested, right? He comes to the high priest's courtyards. He goes in, he sits down with the guards and waits to see how it would all end. And then down in, in verse 69, that same chapter 26, It says, meanwhile, Peter was sitting outside the courtyard. A servant girl came over and said, you were were one of those with Jesus the Galilean. But Peter denied it in front of everyone. Peter denied it. He says, I don't know what you're talking about. He says, says, "I I don't know the guy. Peter denied it. And we can assume from this language that this was not just, you know, a woman who was a servant. This was a young servant girl, likely. And Peter cracked under pressure like that. We fear people. And sometimes that gets us to slip up. Proverbs 29, verse 20, or Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25 says, Fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting in the Lord means safety. You see, we are only to fear God. The Bible says that fear of the Lord is what leads us to righteousness. That's where wisdom begins, right? We are to only fear God. Or I think about the fact that um, we live in Albuquerque, <laughs> and there's some scary stuff that goes on out there sometimes. Are you with me, church? I mean, I, uh, I, I, like, I'm just realizing now I got to turn off my, notifi- my notifications for Twitter because I keep getting headlines over and over again, shooting over here. This person got ran over. This person did this. And it's like, man, what's going on, right? And sometimes, you know, I, I, live, I live right down the street or kind of on Montgomery and Candelaria, those, those apartments right there. I live over there. Not the greatest area, not the worst, but sometimes I'll be walking alone at night and I get kind of nervous, right? But I think about what Jesus said, what Jesus said to people who were trying to kill him, people who were trying to hurt him. He says, I fear not those who can harm the body, but those who can destroy body and soul. And you see, in Christ, death itself was defeated. Therefore, we have nothing to lose, nothing to fear except God. And I have good news, family, because he's on our side, church. We have no reason to fear. And reason number three, family, we, we have a tendency, I know myself, I especially try not to do it up here, but we speak without thinking. We speak 
without thinking. It says in Matthew 26, we're told more of the story where, where later on uh, Peter was out by the gate and somebody else noticed him and said, this is, the man with, from Jesus, this is the man who was with Jesus from Nazareth. And again, Peter denied it, this time with an oath saying, I don't even know the man. And then right after that, some more bystanders came and said, you must be one of the ones that was with Jesus. We can tell by your accent, man. You're not hiding anything. And Peter swore, and he said, a curse on me if I'm lying. I don't know that man. And immediately, a rooster crowed. (laughs) Sometimes things happen so quick, right? I mean, just picture the scene. He's walking through the crowded temple courtyard. One person says something, and he's like, no, I got to make it clear to this guy. And another person says something, and now he's swearing, and then it's that rooster crow that snaps you back into reality. Have you ever had one of those moments, right? Parents, I don't know, sometimes it's like you're frustrated and then like a baby starts crying and you realize, oh, I got to take care of this thing, you know? Or sometimes I'll just be really frustrated like in my office thinking, oh, I got to do this, I got to do that. And then my phone rings and I start looking at my phone and realize I have a calendar. I should probably just follow this. <laughs> we, need to be, we need to remember to stay in the moment and to process what's happening. We can't think without speaking, church, because that opens us up to failure, In James chapter 3, verses 5 through 6, it says, In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is on fire by hell itself. There's another passage in James chapter 1. That says something along the lines of, if you consider yourself to be religious, but do not keep a tight rein on your tongue, you are deceiving yourself, and your religion is worthless. I remember reading that verse, uh, first day of my junior year over at Del Norte High School. Uh, You know, I had gone to camp for the first time. I had gone to the International Youth Convention for the first time. I was on fire for Jesus. Um, I'm sitting there outside of the library before class reading, and I read that verse, and I realize, man, I got to control my tongue. But family, I got to tell you that what really, really got me is the idea that the way I use my mouth, according to Scripture, can render my faith worthless. Can render my faith worthless. We have to speak without thinking. But listen, we've all done these things before, right? We've all slipped up. We've all been Peter before. Am I right, church? And so we should not just read this story and and just judge Peter, but instead look at it and see how Peter responds to his failures. Number one, we see that we should grieve. In Matthew 26, verse 75, right after that rooster crows, Suddenly, it says, suddenly Jesus' words flash through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows, you will deny three times that you even know me. And it says, he went away weeping bitterly. Psalm chapter 51 verse 17 says, the sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O God. So when I was in Bible college, family, we were, uh, this was a subject that kind of came up a lot, this idea of, you know, of, of true repentance, this idea of how do we grieve over our sin and how do we bounce back from it. And one thing that we talked about a lot, there's two sides of this coin. Some of us, we have a tendency of slipping into something called antinomialism. 
It's a big word. It makes me feel real smart when I say it. Antinomialism. This idea that there is no law. That we were saved. That Christ forgave all of our sins. Therefore, we should sin freely. Because if not, Jesus died for nothing, right? Like, no, that's not what it is. We are not to sin freely. Paul says in Romans, blatantly, should, therefore, should we continue living freely, living recklessly? By no means, he says. And there's another side of this coin called legalism. In which we are just in a straitjacket. Just everything has to be 100%. And we are working ourselves to death. And, and, and not actually spending time with God in fellowship with him. We have to find that middle ground, church, where we can grieve, where we can say, God, yes, I did mess up, and it was terrible. It was an assault on you, God. It was, it was shameful. I messed up, God. But at the same time, I know that you're gracious. I know that you're forgiving. I know that you love me, and I know that I can bounce back from this. We need to grieve, family. And number two, we should draw strength from each other. Mark chapter 16, verses 10. Verse 10 tells us that after somebody had seen Jesus, the resurrected Christ, for the first time, uh, this lady went to the disciples who were grieving and weeping together. That's what the disciples did after Jesus died. They stayed together. They leaned on each other for strength. In John chapter 20, verses 19 and through 20, we're told about another time. It says that Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders, and suddenly Jesus came, came and was standing among them, saying, peace be with you. And as he spoke, he showed his wounds and his hands in his side. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> he showed his wounds and his hands and his side, and they were filled with joy and saw his heart. Had the disciples not been together, had they not been together, leaning on each other, drawing strength from one another, I would argue it would have been a lot harder for Jesus to track them all down, right? And now we know we have the Holy Spirit, right? And Jesus is not physically, loaded, uh, uh, physically limited to one location. He can meet us whenever. But the word does say that where two or more are gathered, there he is in our midst. We need to lean each, on each other for strength or uh, sometimes I was talking with my mom the other day, and she was telling me about some stuff that she was going through. And she told me that she, was, she had gotten to a, at a point sometime where she just needed somebody to pray for her. And so at the time, she was having a hard time really reaching out to anybody. And so she went onto a website where literally you can get prayer anonymously. She typed in her prompt. Somebody prayed for her, and she felt so much better. Just one random person on the internet praying for my old mama. And it helped because where two or more are gathered, there he is in the midst. We should, straw, we should draw strength from one another. Number three, we should throw ourselves on God's mercy. In 1 Peter chapter, th- uh, chapter 1, we're reading a letter that Peter ends up writing later on after he bounces back from his failure. He says, all praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, it is by his great mercy that we have been born again. Because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, now we live with great expectation. Right? It's this idea of mercy. This idea of we didn't deserve this grace. It's also the same idea of the relationship 
that God had to the Israelites in Genesis. That's what that word mercy means. It was, what, it was used to describe the process that God went through when he sought out Abraham and then Isaac and then Jacob. And when he watched over Joseph in Egypt. And when all the Israelites ended up being outnumbered and put into slavery, he still was taking care of them. And he sent Moses to take them out. And he drew them out of there. And through the wilderness for 40 years, God was taking care of them. And in that same way, that same mercy, that's what is offered to us in Christ. That's why it says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, give all your worries to God, all your worries and cares to God, for he cares for you. We need to throw ourselves on God's mercy. But family... One of the things I think about a lot is, you know, especially as we talk about, you know, failures, we talk about recovering from failures and God's mercy. We think about, you know, I don't know about you, but as I was prepping for this sermon, I got my little Rolodex of failures rolling through my head thinking about, man, God, you really got me through this one. And also thinking about, man, is this one going to be remembered as a failure? I'm still struggling with this a little bit. So we need to remember how Jesus handles our failures. Family, I want to remind you of the way Jesus handles out our failures. Number one, Jesus is not shocked by our failures. He's not shocked by us. In Luke 22, verses 31 32, he says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat. But I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. So when you have repented and turned to me again, you can strengthen your brothers. You see, Jesus knew what was coming. He knew there was opposition. He knows what's coming. He knows there's opposition in your life. And he's ready for it. Anybody ever have their their iPhone malfunction or their their MacBook? I have an iPhone myself, and sometimes I just don't know what to do with this thing, you know? And I know I'm 22, and I should probably know better, but it happens, right? And have you all ever taken your, your phone or your MacBook to the Apple store and you hand it to the technician for like two minutes, and it's fixed magically. <laughs> you see, Apple is the maker, the manufacturer, right? And the, the products, those are the, the products. Who knows the products better than the maker? Who knows the people better than the maker? Our God. Our God. And just like how when we go to Apple, sometimes it's just, oh, have you tried turning it off and turning it back on again? God knows that we're prone to those little mess-ups. We come back and he says, have you tried taking a nap? That's probably why you're angry. (laughs) God knows the the little things that slip up sometimes. Have you had food today? Have you had breakfast? That's probably why you're cranky, you know. God knows all the fixes that we need. He's He's our creator. He isn't shocked by our failure. He knows us. In Psalm 103, verse 14, it says, he remembers how weak we are. He remembers we are only dust. He's our maker. Who knows us better than our maker? Not a person in the universe. Number two, we see that Jesus prays for us in our failure. That's exactly what he just mentioned to Peter in the previous verse. And in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25, we're told, Therefore, he is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. He's already praying for you. 
He already knows what's coming, and he's already there standing in the gap as your advocate to say, God, have mercy. God, help them. I know they can turn around. Christ is there. He is praying for us. And point number three, Jesus still believes in us even through our failures. Jesus believes in us through our failures. He says in Luke twenty-two thirty-two. I have pleaded with you in prayer, Simon, that your faith should not fail. So when you have repented, what does he say? He goes, when you have repented and turned to me again, you'll strengthen your brother. He still believed in him. Jesus saw what was coming on the other side of this situation where we couldn't. Sometimes we get in situations and all we can see is the problem and we forget about the fact that time goes on. You know? And speaking of time, are we really springing forward next week? That's crazy to me. I'm sorry. (laughs) I feel like I'm just now adjusting to following back, but okay, I'll just follow along. (laughs) Time goes on, family. Time goes on. We forget about that sometimes. The Bible says in Proverbs 24, 16, that the the godly man may trip seven times, but they will get up again. But one disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked family. It's not about how many times you fail. It's about how many times you get back up. It's not about how many times you slip up. It's not about how many times you pulled up that website when you know you shouldn't have. It's not about how many times you texted that person you know you should be leaving alone. It's about how many times you came back to the altar and said, God, you need to fix this heart issue because I'm tired of this. It's about how many times you've come back to the Father and said, Lord, I've gone and tasted the world. I've gone and seen the extent of my brokenness. And Lord, I just want you now. That's what it's about. And in Mark chapter 16, verses 6 through 7, we're told about an angel who's saying, Don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus Jesus of Nazareth. This is after he had resurrected, who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. Now go and tell the disciples, including Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there just as he told you before he died. You see, angels were messengers of the Lord. They they carry the mouthpiece of God. They speak on God's behalf. And so this right here, we're seeing a picture of God you know, who was one with Jesus, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Trinity, saying, make sure you include Peter, because I know he's having a hard time right now. Right now, God's saying, make sure to include some of you, because he knows you're having a hard time right now. He's always there. He's always there, ready to receive us, because Jesus believes in us through our failures. And number four, Jesus shows mercy on us throughout our failures. Jesus shows mercy on us throughout our failures. In John 21, I won't go ahead and read the whole story for you guys. I'll just kind of paraphrase it, but you can go back and read it on your own. We're told a story about the last time Jesus appeared to the disciples. It was after the resurrection. This is how it happened. Several of the disciples, Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel, 
um, you know, all these guys, the sons of Zebedee, the other two disciples, uh, they were hanging out, they were fishing, Simon, or they were just hanging out, and then Peter says, let's go fishing. They all said, that's a good idea, let's go too. You know, Jesus had just died, and they weren't really sure what to do with themselves, and so they were just killing time, going back to that same thing we talked about earlier. That's all they thought they'd be doing anyway, right? Just fishing. And at dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach. You see, the disciples had caught nothing. They had gone out late at night. They were casting their nets over and over again. I wonder how many times you have to cast your net to get through an entire night of nothing. And then at dawn, Jesus is standing there on the beach. And the disciples couldn't tell who he was. So he called out, hey, fellas, got any fish? And they said, no. Then he said, throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat, and you'll get some. And so they did. And they were not able to haul in the amount of fish that they caught from that single casting out of the net. So then the disciple that Jesus loved said to Peter, that's John the, the disciple, said to Peter, it's the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, and uh, the one that he would wear for, for work, and he, and he jumped into the water. He headed to shore, and the others stayed and loaded the net to shore because they were only a, hundred, a few hundred yards away from the shore. And when they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them. Fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread. Mm. Man, that kindness, that mercy that God shows at the very end. Not only is he there to to hang out with the disciples, but he's there to help them get fish. And he said, I got a charcuterie board too. (laughs) God is merciful to us through our failures. He says, bring some of that fish you've just caught. So Simon went aboard and dragged the net to shore. There was 153 large fish, and the net somehow hadn't torn. Now come and have some breakfast, Jesus said. None of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? Because they all knew it was the Lord. You see, when God has mercy on us, there's no question about it. When God does this thing, there's no question about it. It's the Lord. In Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 through 23, It says, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Man, that's that's one of those verses my mom would pray to us every single morning on the way to school. We thank you, Lord, because your mercies are new, God. We thank you today because we are here in this church, here, and your mercies are new. We thank you, God. Amen. Number five, family. Final point. Jesus uses our failures to build the church. He uses our failures to build the church. In Luke twenty-two thirty-two, remember, that's where he said, I have pleaded for you in prayer, Simon, so that your faith shall not fail, so that way when you've repented, you will strengthen your brothers. In John 21, towards the end of that story, we see Jesus asking Peter, hey, Peter, do you love me? Peter goes, yes, of course I love you. And Jesus says, feed my sheep. Many of us have heard this before a second time. Peter, do you love me? Yeah, of course. And what does Peter say? Or what does Jesus say? Feed my sheep. And in the third time, he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? 
And this time Peter was hurt that Jesus even asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. He says, feed my sheep. That was his moment of restoration. How many times did Peter deny Jesus? Three times. How many times was he asked a question and given an opportunity to repair this situation? Three times. Our God will always make a way out. You can always bounce back from it, family. And I think about Matthew chapter 6, 16, verse 18, where Jesus says to Peter, Now I say to you, you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell would not conquer it. And that came true, my family. If you read the book of Acts, you'll see Peter was doing some stuff that really made him look like Jesus. Peter was on it. And later on, he ends up writing some letters that are now forever frozen in time, collected in the Bible itself. He went from feeling a comp- like a complete failure, like he blew his only shot to do something other than fishing all day, to literally contributing to what we now hold as the word of God. God uses our failures to build the church. I think about... Uh, IYC 2016, there was this one youth there who he, he had been coming to youth camp for most of his life since he was about third, fourth grade, or I guess fourth grade because, you know, that's how young you have to be to go. Uh, and he had been coming to camp most of his life, but he hadn't really been coming to our youth group. Uh, but he was at another youth group, and he was really tired because he was getting bullied at that youth group. And he dealt with a lot of that at school, too. And... At IYC 2016, this guy's there, and he's starting to make friends, and he gets a phone call saying that his grandfather had passed while he's on the trip. And on that trip, all the other youth came around him and just started supporting him, saying, we're here for you. Let's pray with you. We got you. You're going to be all right. You're going to get through this. They came together. It was a rough, rough moment for this kid who's already, you know, he's been through stuff. He's been bullied before, and now this stuff's being exposed on this first big trip out. And then his response to this kindness from our youth group was amazing. He stuck around at our church. The second he got his provisional license, he started driving here every Wednesday, every Sunday. He did not miss a week. He then got involved, started serving. We had a youth band at the time. Uh, he did a great job in helping get, get that building. Now you know him at, uh, because he's always standing over here leading worship for us, family. It's these little moments, these little tough moments where we can come together and help each other out and where we can have God himself come alongside us and use us to build his church. I mean, we're always doing amazing up here, man. I love seeing him worship up here. I was there in 2016 when all that happened, and it just goes to show, family. Many of us come from our backgrounds where whatever, you, whatever fishing was for you, whether it was gang life, whether it was addiction, whether it was pornography, whether it was whatever, whatever your fishing was, that's in the past. And sometimes we get back to those points where it's like, is that all I know how to do? Am I only wired for failure? But the truth is no. Because just how God didn't give up on Adam and Eve or Cain and Abel or Abraham or Isaac or Jacob or Moses or Aaron or name any other figure in the Bible, 
God will not give up on you, church. And he will use you to continue building his church for, you, for his glory and for our good. We got food distribution next week. Do you know what these food boxes mean to some of these families? You can be a part of that. We have a, a youth movie night Friday night at, at 6 p.m. Do you know what these kinds of environments do to youth? A place where they can just hang out, be fun, have fun, watch a good, wholesome movie. There's no bad content. We're watching Joseph, a King of Dreams, one of the best films, by the way, animated film. So great. You have an opportunity to be a part of these kinds of things, family. And so I want to encourage you. Find where you fit here. Find the people who have the same issues, who have the same faults, and encourage each other to be better, to lean on Jesus stronger, because he is faithful, he is compassionate, he is slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness family, and he is there rooting for you, interceding on your behalf. So with all that being said, family, let's all stand as we, as we close in prayer. Spirit of God, we continue to welcome you in here, Lord, as service comes to a close. I just pray for every person in here, every person watching online or streaming this later on, I pray that you help us focus on your mercy. You remind us of your mercy, God. For those of us who have specific areas of our lives popping up right now in our heads, I pray that we give those areas of our lives over to you. I pray that you take full control of that in Christ Jesus' name. And there's some of us in here who maybe we can't think of where we need God's mercy in our lives. We can't figure out where we're sitting or we feel like we've gotten rid of the majority of our sins and we're good now. God, I pray that you then spur these people to just intimacy with you. That the closeness of your own breath, God, be the mercy that we need to get us through this day. I pray that your spirit fall here at New Beginnings and that your spirit fill not just all the walls of this church, but the heart of every single person in here. It's in your precious and holy name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Thank you, family. You may be dismissed. Go and change Albuquerque. We love you, church.